This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 15. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews did not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to drink, to draw water. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. be seated. So water always finds the lowest point. If you've ever had to check for a water leak, whether in a ceiling or underneath a sink, um, you very quickly find out that if you just look at where the water is pooled, that really doesn't always point you to the hole in which where the water is coming from. Uh, water is curious like that. It likes, to, it likes to hide. It likes to travel. It likes to meander. Uh, it likes to take different routes to get to where you see that there is a problem. But if you take out that part of the ceiling or that tile uh, and you look exactly right above where the leak is, uh, more times than not, you find out that that part of the ceiling, that part of the roof may look perfect. The problem actually takes a little bit more investigation to kind of find out. And so the thing about water is it's predictable though. It really only likes one direction. That direction is down. And so it will collect in a part that looks like a problem and if we just keep replacing the pipes or we keep replacing the, the, the ceiling right above the leak but we never actually find the source of the leak then we're really just going to be doing a lot of handiwork in our lives, but not actually really getting anywhere to actually fixing the hole where the water is coming from. 
And it can be that way in our spiritual lives as well, that uh, we can have these leaks and these problems and these stains that present themselves in life. We can have a, a loss of patience or a, a lashing out out of anger that a lot of times seems like the main problem of what we've got going on, behaviors and attitudes that continue to sort of drive distance between uh, our relationships with others and our relationship with God. But, but if we don't get curious about those leaks and have the way to, to track them down and investigate them. We never truly find out what the source is, where the real hole is, uh, to where we really find out what's going on. Because there actually is a way to figure out where leaks are coming from. But you've got to get down in there. You've got to reach up and you've got to feel around and you follow the water. What actually looks like the problem at first, the discolored wall or the discolored ceiling or the, the moisture on the floor, what looks like the problem is actually what's going to point you to the problem. You begin to feel around and you can trace back and you get curious and you can find the route by just following the moisture from where it begins and how you can fix it. In our story this morning, we uh, hear a scripture about uh, the Samaritan woman and Jesus at the well. And at first, it looks like we know exactly what the problem is. And this scripture really focuses uh, a lot of times in the sermons that I've heard on the problems that, that quickly pre present themselves. We, we look at sort of uh, what's going on in this woman's life, and we see this puddle of water, we see the leaking holes in her life, and we say, ah, I know exactly what Jesus is going to diagnose. But Pastor Terry preached a masterful sermon at 8.30 this morning that made me rewrite my entire sermon for 11 o'clock. That reminded us that the issues that are so quick to tempt us to look at what's going on in this woman's life reminds us that we are so much more in need than we often ever realize. This woman's life is really a representation in a lot of our lives of uh, the way that we are so often judged by our problems and our water stains and the issues that may not even be of uh, any control of ours as they were not in control of this woman. But the fact that they begin to be something that points to a greater need, a greater desire, a, a hole that only Jesus can fill in a way that we never truly ever realized at first. Because if we look at the Samaritan woman and we begin to anticipate where we think that Jesus is going to go with this, man, he's going to point out that she's uh, got the wrong relationships. I mean, Jesus is going to point out that she's got the wrong religion. Or Jesus is going to point out all of these obstacles that she has in her life, but really what you begin to see is that Jesus is not pointing out problems. Jesus is not drawing attention to the puddles or the leaks that she has in her life. Jesus is inviting her to become curious. Because Jesus notices something that is so beautiful in her life that she desires to be seen and to be heard by the Messiah. 
And so Jesus doesn't draw attention or conviction uh, to the problems that we would want to point to in our life. Instead, he uses the leaks in the relationships. He uses the problems in the religion. He uses the longing that she has for hope and salvation to see and to hear the Messiah, to invite her to the realization that I am right with you now in this moment. And I see you. And I hear you. And she goes away from this conversation. We have a small snapshot of the fullness of their conversation here in this particular chapter. But she goes away from this conversation and she begins to tell others about this curiosity, this realization, this miracle that may have happened. That the Messiah saw me and heard me. The Messiah is here in our community, in our midst, even here today. And of all the problems and of all the issues that everybody in the community may have been pointing up to here before this moment, now all of a sudden they begin to get curious as well. Curious for identity, curious for grace, and all those holes that used to define her life are now all of a sudden testimonies that begin to overflow with grace and with mercy in a way that nobody else could have predicted before this moment because she encountered the living water, the very presence of God in her life. And what really stood out to me was she doesn't go patched up. She doesn't go back to town with all of her problems fixed. She goes back with all the same problems. She goes back with all the same issues. She goes back like we do. That even in our most spiritual moments, even when we feel closest to God, we've still got some leaks and some problems and some stains in our lives. But her problems, just like our stains, go from being something that was isolating her to something that now becomes a testimony of God's grace and God's presence and God's mercy. She went from uh, having all of these uh, different issues that we could point to to say that were problems in her life to now all of a sudden we can look at her and see her uh, not leaking with problems but overflowing with grace. An encounter with God that not only changed her life but came pouring out through her and changed her entire community. Out of the very things that may have ostracized her, now to become the very things that are setting people free. Because the living water, the water that God offers us, is something that does not ever end. All of the things that we try to put into our lives to fill that space, God's never intended to plug all of our holes and all of our problems in life. We were never meant to be watertight. We were always meant to drip and to leak and to overflow with grace and mercy. That all the things that we thought were insecurities and all the things that we thought were fears and doubts and stuff that removed us out of relationship with others now become testimonies that bring us into an outpouring of God's grace and God's life. Because water always finds the lowest points. 
But that seems to be the points in our life sometimes where we resist the waters of Christ's forgiveness and healing and mercy sometimes. They're those hidden closets. They're the, uh, the, the, the cracks and crevices that we try, to draw not, we try not to draw any attention to at all. And we try desperately for them not to show any water stains or leaks or corrosion or, or anything like that. But, but those really become the parts where we need God's grace and God's waters and God's mercy the most, aren't they? And thank God that God's waters and God's grace will find us even in the lowest parts of our life. Because it's there where we're most afraid, it's there where we're most insecure, that we realize most of our anger or our frustration or our stress or our worry really comes from. It's the source of that emptiness that we're not sure what comes tomorrow. And we're longing for something more. We're longing for that hope. We're longing for that joy. And we're just not sure where it's showing up until we find ourselves in front of the living God who says, I am here with you right now today. And I wish you to have something that's not going to plug all the holes in your life, but it's become overflowing into every other part of our lives. This woman goes back to her community as one who starts the story as something of a curiosity. But she goes back an evangelist, a preacher. One who transforms because she has been transformed by the living God. And this entire region becomes to know that Christ passed through here. And it changed our lives. May we also encounter the living Christ this week. As we're going about our daily tasks and our daily work, we, not, might, we might not be getting buckets, around, buckets of water around the middle part of the day, but we're going to encounter Jesus in our work, in our homes, at our schools, and have an invitation to become curious about how we may experience more grace and mercy and how what is being poured into us by the very living God, how we might be more full and overflowing it for the world. Because the grace of God never runs out. And it always overflows from the top of our lives to the very lowest points. And may it be so this week. Amen. And amen. Amen. Will you pray with me today? Almighty and gracious God, I give you thanks. Lord, I give you thanks for the story of this woman that recognized that she was a child of God when you came into her presence. Lord, that you saw through her. You saw through all the ways that she tried to define herself. You saw through all the ways that others tried to define her, and you saw something beautiful. You saw your purpose, and you saw the capacity for your life to fill her in such a way that it would overflow into all the other lives that she encountered that day and that week in her life. May you fill us with this living water that as we have an encounter with you, that we might be filled up. And what we first see as problems or issues or difficulties begun to be transformed into testimonies of your grace, of your mercy, and of your love. As we pray all these things, Lord, we do it in Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen.